you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Wednesday, October 26th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access. The podcast. Those are the voices of today's special guest, voice number one. He was enrolled at Fordham. He was indoctrinated by the New York Giants. He is uniquely able to find something positive to say about almost anything. Not because he's a Pollyanna, but because he is actually a bright light in the darkness. He is Mike Yam. Welcome back, Yam. That might be the best intro I've ever had in my entire life. I will take that. Voice number two, he is the epitome of L.A. Cool. Long Beach Poly to USC hey. to the NFL. <laughs> he's got three Super Bowl rings. He's got a bomb-ass white Escalade. Oh. He's got Brady and Belichick, Bobby Kraft, and Snoop on speed dial. He's Willie McGinnis. Welcome back, Willie Mack. What is up? On today's show, we will not discuss Aaron Rodgers. Why? Because I need a day off. Now, let's be clear. We will not discuss Aaron Rodgers, but Vaughn Miller will. He's our special guest ahead of facing AR-12 Sunday night in Buffalo. Willie's got that interview. Looking forward to that. We will also not discuss the imminent recession, geopolitics, Kanye West, or even the AFC West. What we will discuss is Thursday night football. Tom Brady's Bucks hoping to right their recent wrongs at home against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, who might just be Mike M, the best four and three team I've ever seen. Yeah, no, I'll give you that. We buried the lead, by the way. Talk Can we me. just get back to Snoop for a second? I, that's just a great call. I didn't even think about that. So, uh, But you're right, Ravens, the way that they've been able to navigate some some really dicey situations. Yeah, you're 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 right. Like they're they're in that conversation. I keep calling out this stat because it just it's it's crazy. It's emblazoned on my brain that the Ravens with three losses on their record have still not been behind for more than 15 minutes this entire season. We'll talk about them in a moment. Uh, when Snoop was here, incidentally, the first time, and I saw him, of course. 
was just, you know, hanging up with his, with his friend, William McGinnis. I said, Snoop, is there any way I could get you, you know, young producer, hoping that I could get him to sort of give us a little shout out. I said, could you give us a T.A. is the label that pays me? <laughs> and he laughed. He liked it. He laughed. You're like, but he shook that pitch off so hard. He's like, are you kidding me, kid? There's no it. way I'm doing that. Okay. Hall of Famer Kurt Warner will but be you here. Didn't to, you didn't pay him. Yes. There was no coin. here to break down the Thursday night matchup between the Bucks and the Ravens. The Ravens and the Bucks, technically, I should say it in that order. He will also examine Dak's comeback, the polishing of Danny Dimes, and the unshakable Jalen Hurts. Apparently, he's going to address every NFC East quarterback except for my boy Taylor Heineke. I'll be drafting a strongly worded letter there. But first, oh. gentlemen, there is a creeping sensation in NFL circles that what we are seeing from the New York Giants, Mike Yams, New York Giants, oh, yeah is at best a ruse, a mirage, a temporary <laughs> rush of endorphins before the inevitable stupor that crushing reality will bring. But both of you, if I'm interpreting this morning's meeting correctly, see a more sustainable high for this team. Willie, you see an approach in play here that isn't just winning close games early, but could actually sustain them in the final weeks of the season what are you seeing? What is the recipe for Giants success? Not only the final weeks of the season, but going forward as an organization. I think there's certain things you have to instill as an organization and as a coaching staff. You got to build culture. You got to get players to buy in. And you got to make sure that you're bringing in guys that are team guys versus individualism. And they understand that their roles and everything may change because it's best for the team. So I would say you see this group of men right now who have been looked past, nobody gave a chance, and you brought a coach in with some enthusiasm, a coach with some winning pedigree that can say, I've won these rings, I've done it. The proof is in the pudding. Believe me what I tell you, because I've done it this many times. I've worked this way with all kinds of guys. And I'm telling you, there is no difference between those guys in that locker room I've won with and these guys in this locker room. The only difference is they bought in and they did everything we asked them to do regardless of what the outside noise was saying, and that was the result, championships. How important is it as a player, you were a player in this league for a long time, to hear direction and encouragement and scheme and game plan from a guy who has been there before, who does in fact carry with him credibility yes. of experience? Does it matter? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, because you know he's done it with some of the best or the best to ever do it. So why would you question it? Willie mentioned enthusiasm, and we heard this morning from Bucky yeah. Brooks. Oh, yeah. Who uh, name-dropped very casually uh, <laughs> Brian Dayball uh, when he was on his most recent road trip and said that what he heard from Dayball was this kind of enthusiasm that Willie referenced. But Bucky spun it as confidence, a very focused and intentional mm -hmm. confidence that we are aware of our shortcomings, we are aware of certain players' limitations, and yet... A, we're not going to call it out because there's no point in that. B, we're going to put them in positions to succeed. This must be very exciting as a Giants fan to see. It is. Three things for you. One, good job by you showing up early to the meeting today to get all the intel that we we're discussing here. Two, you're <laughs> right about Bucky, and I'm actually glad that he brought up that point because you and I talked about this the other week on the podcast where th those dudes step out onto the football field in the fourth quarter. I'm talking about the Giants, and I go, it's all good. They're going to figure out a way to get it, get it done. That's right. You mentioned that. And, it's and you compared it to, to Ravens to fans the Ra who were which probably is, not feeling the same way. Exactly. The exact opposite. And I think to take you even a step further, and this is number three, Willie, you brought up this point. Think about the name 
names on the jerseys of the dudes that are producing. We always focus in on T.A., mm -hmm. on Daniel Jones, what he's doing with his legs, and certainly Saquon has been the headliner. But the end of the day, man, what we're seeing from some of these dudes on the defensive end, mm -hmm. McKinney saving that game in a lot of ways, love saving that game. And then, I mean, Richie James, you dropped his name, and I'm like, dude, that dude is leading the team. Nobody knows. Yards. Like, what is that? If we ask 100 NFL fans who is leading the New York Giants <laughs> in, in receiving yards, I think two may get it right, and it may be accidental. Non-New York Giants fans. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And you know what? The other thing you said is about... You know, I, I, I look at what Bucky said to you about players with limitations, right? And just being around the best forever, it's not really saying that what a player can't do. It's not putting a player in position where he's not going to be productive, okay? So when you evaluate talent, and Bill Belichick has the innate ability to evaluate talent in the lower rounds and find, like, gems, like, Great players. Yeah, like um, sixth round quarterback. Right. Sixth, fourth, fifth, whatever the case may be. And if you look at the majority of guys he's drafted, it's fourth rounds and all that's, yes. you know, that's been productive. But in saying that, he always told us and we always knew that he would always play to our strengths and not our weaknesses and game plan around that. And that is what Brian Dayball is doing. He's game planning around what these guys do well versus what they can probably get exposed or their weaknesses. And I think that is just smart coaching yeah. because he's not stuck in his system to say, I want to look like this and we got to do this. There's a lot of coordinators and coaches that are like that. But he's looking at what he has and he's def he's like to the point, to the player, to the skill set, game planning behind those guys in those jerseys. There's something about Brian Dayball that, that, that inspires me just as a human being, as a man. I'm talking about his flexibility. Exactly, Willie, about what you're talking about. He came from Buffalo Bills. He was calling the plays there for an offense that was pretty exciting. And he cedes control of the offense in New York to somebody else. Why? Because A, he recognized it's a totally different roster. I cannot take what worked in Buffalo and assume that it's going to work in East Rutherford. Right, yeah. And B, I need to think big picture. I'm going to let somebody else make the call. And that takes a very confident, flexible person to be able to make that call. Well, I want to go back to something you said, and I want to throw out some other names because you're name-checking guys who deserve to be name-checked. Yeah. Here are some other names that Willie brought up earlier today. Daniel Bellinger. Now, yeah. we're going to miss him for a little while with that fractured eye socket. Slayton, Wandale Robinson, guys who know their role, yeah. play their role, and see that for the greater good, it's working. You kind of need, I think every team, whether it's football, basketball, pick your sport, kind of need dogs, right? Like dudes who are willing to play the part, do their role, not complain about not getting as many touches, like understand what they're expected to do and contribute. Uh, you know, and I, I think even to your point on Dayball, and it's a little bit different here, how many times do we get a guy who's a first-year head coach who wants to be the micromanager, who wants to have his fingerprints over everything? We see it every er, All the time. And it's, it's almost like his experiences at various places have shaped him to understand, like, hey, maybe this is how I'm successful. And we always talk about guys getting better, getting opportunities when they don't necessarily succeed in their first stop. To me, that's it's it's really impressive that you actually bring that up, Andrew, and that he's been able to do that at his first job. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's yeah. been able to watch the best do it. 100%. I mean, he was Alabama with Saban. He oh, watched yeah. Saban do it. He was in Miami at, at, at a time where he kind of took over there. He was in New England. He was in Buffalo. He's been around some of the best players. And here's one thing that I want you guys to think about. When we talk about roles, right, 
role. This is what your role is. If you can get the best players on the team, the superstars, to understand that they, their role may change week in and week out, you may not get a bunch of sacks this week, Willie, because we need you to drop in coverage more because that's what the formations dictate. When you get the best players buying in, now it becomes contagious. Everybody's saying, oh, we're all doing this. And at the end of the day, the most important thing is the W. Yeah. So don't nobody cares who's leading the receiver yep. for the Giants. Nobody cares who has the most sacks. They're 6-1. and one. And we're talking about the New York Giants because they are one of the best teams in the NFL when nobody, except for you, Yam, yeah, and yeah. some other Giants fans, <laughs> really just gave David him a Carr. shot. That's pretty I'm much just the only saying. Guy. Yeah, absolutely right. And, and, and let's be clear, Mike Yam is playing the Jedi mind trick for oh, yeah. himself and the entire Trying New York Giants fan base all yeah. season. Yeah. So he's not going to pick the Giants. <laughs> in fact, he will try to shake off as many Giants pitches as he gets just on behalf of this, you know, the superstition. I took an, I took an L on social media just because I didn't want to pick them. They were the only upset that I liked this weekend. Before we finish, let's just mention a couple other things. One is confidence. You mentioned it yeah. in terms of a team and even a fan base entering a fourth quarter even behind. They have six comeback wins this year. Six wins from losing positions. Now, technically, we consider in the NFL stat world a comeback win to be from 10 points or more. They have three of those yeah. on the, the record so far. The NFL record, by the way, is five. Oh, we're getting uh, that, baby. I hope for you that your Giants are not <laughs> down 10 in two more games. As long as we win them. They very well may be. Oh. And if they come back and get the wins, they could be looking at an NFL record. The other thing is in-game adjustments. And I want to say that because Willie describing this New York Giants team, Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, reminds me of the way that we used to describe Willie McGinnis' no doubt. New England Patriots yep. team. Guys who knew about self-sacrifice. Guys who knew about team, about we before me. Guys who knew their role were willing to play it, and to Willie's point, even if they were stars. This is a kind of a Patriots-esque recipe in play. Now, they have a different kind of quarterback. I don't think Daniel Jones is necessarily a generational transcendent talent, and yet... Even Brady knew that he had a role to play right. in those first few years. And even us, looking back at all of his rings, could probably say Brady wasn't the reason they won those first two or three. It was guys <laughs> like Willie. It was guys like Vinatieri. It was other guys, Ty Law. And it was it was those guys that sort of won those rings for Brady. Yeah, I think there's no question that that is the case. And I think you do open up Pandora's box by bringing up Daniel Jones here because I do think there's a conversation not to be had as we're knocking on the door of week eight, but probably later in the season about what the Giants have to do, what Joe Shane, their new general manager, what those decisions and those discussions are going to be like because they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, so we don't know the future of him at that position. Um, so it is, it is just something to talk about. And just one other point quickly here just on, on Dayball. Willie brings up a good point about the guys that he's been around. I've always been taught – you know, on the, in the broadcasting world, take the things that you like that others do, but make them authentically yourself. Yes. And I think Dayball is doing that because the guys and the coaches that Willie made reference to, you know what I haven't seen those dudes do? Like the crazy fist pump during a regular season one where they're that fired up. Yes. This Giants team, I think, actually needs that. Like, I think you know your team. Like, you're not going to see Belichick do something like that on the sideline. Like, that's just not, not his deal. 
and that's fine. But Dayball it is. So he's pulling some of the best things that he's learned from some of the best who ever have done it. And then all of a sudden say, hey, I'm a, this is my twist. This is how I'm going to get you fired up. And guys are following him. Okay, here's my twist to this conversation. It's the last thing we will do with the Giants. And Mikey M, you are going to probably sit on your hands proverbially <laughs> and keep your mouth shut because you probably don't want to sound off on any of this. Willie, here we go. I like throwing you curveballs. Let's, Let's see if you it. can hit it. I'm going to go through the rest of the schedule. Let's do the rest it. Rest of the Giants schedule. Mm. Um, and I, I got to pick want, the whole schedule. I just want first, first blush, just first instincts. We're not going to hold you to it. We're not going to codify this or formalize it. We're not going to put it in stone. We just want to hear your first thoughts on this. Week eight. This week, the underrated bowl, you could call it, Geno Smith versus Daniel Jones. <laughs> Sunday at Seattle. Is it a win or a loss? At Seattle. Mm. I'm going to give him a loss there. That's an L. I'm reading Mike's face. He is stone-faced. Don't play poker against Mike Yam. Week 10, this is after a bye. So they take a loss. They go into a bye week to lick their wounds and address the wrongs. They come back in week 10 at home against the Texans. Win. It's a win. Very dangerous off a of bye week. Week 11 at home against the Lions. I'm going to give them a win in New York. Week 12 on the road at the Star against Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys divisional game. The Giants usually play well in Dallas. And if that's week 12, I expect Dallas to be playing better ball. Oh, this is a tough one. Um, Let's circle back. Washington week 13 at home. Win. Philadelphia at home week 14, that's Sunday, December 11th. Another against. divisional game. Yes, loss. at home, that's a loss. They go on the road to play Washington for the second time in three weeks in week 15. Win. At Minnesota in week 16. This is Christmas Eve. Yep. Christmas Eve. Now, we know how scheduled a human being Kirk Cousins is. Oh. This threatens Kirk Cousins' uh, potentially, arguably robotic approach to games. Christmas Eve, win or a loss, on the road, at Minnesota. I'm going to give them a win. Win. I think they're a more physical team than Minnesota. I think you're absolutely right. Week 17, they're back home to face the Colts. Win. Week 18, on the road to face Philly. They've already, you've already given them a loss in week 14 at home to the Eagles. Do they take a second? Do they get swept? I, I, think, I think they get swept. I think Philly wants to solidify the first round by if they have an opportunity. Now we circle back to the Cowboys. Now, in week two, the only loss on the Giants' schedule as mm -hmm. it stands right now was in week two at home on Monday to night. the Cowboys Monday on Monday night, 23-16. Cooper Rush, right? Interesting yeah. game. Yeah. Week 12. I'm what say you, sir? That, that's at the star, right? Yes. I'm going to give him an L. Okay, so as Willie McGinnis sees it, that's one, two, three, four losses add to the one that they have now. That's five. That is a 12-5 and five team. That's a great record. That is a great record. That's a First of all, that is a playoff team. Right. Yeah. That's probably a wild card team. I think based on the wins that you're giving the Philadelphia Eagles, yep. Eagles win the NFC East. Mm -hmm. you, have the, you have the Giants either second or third, depending on what the Cowboys do. Yeah. That's a wild card team. A six or a seven seed. Yep, depending on the NFC as, as a whole. If at the beginning of the season, Willie McGinnis will no. offered you a 12 and five record <laughs> oh, and a wild out. card spot in the playoffs, would you have taken? Would have jumped you up and down. I would have said it out of his hands. But I would have questioned Willie's football acumen before the season if he had picked something like that. I don't think anyone saw that coming. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, 
you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I am here with Willie McGinnis and Mikey Am. Next topic, getting back on track. Specifically, how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can get back on track. The Bucs, who, even at 3-4, and four, lead the quizzical NFC South. Look, even when they're bad, they're good. And I mean you, Brady. Willie, you have said that Tom Brady is the best player you have ever seen at making adjustments. What adjustments does he need to make? Well, I think it's a team thing. I think Tom, as great as he is, he can't do everything. And when you have an ailing offensive line with multiple injuries and a lot of new guys in place, it takes time for those guys to play together in that cohesiveness and for him to get the ball off. He's not a mobile guy, so he needs time in the pocket, although he's been able to get the ball out quickly. Um, the other thing is I think they got to get more physical. To get an offensive line going, you got to run the ball. They're not running the ball. They're only averaging 64 yards you know, a, a game. And it wasn't great. Like, they wasn't first in the league last year, but they had an effective running game. So I think the, the fact that everything that they were really good at is not going well. They had one of the best O-lines a year ago. They had one of the best rush games. They had a best receiving core. Guys have been in and out, revolving door at receivers. Guys in and out, not healthy. So there's no consistency. And then... When all else fails, you can stand on that defense, right? The defense is going to get you some turnovers. They controlled the trenches. Nobody could run on them. And they would they was like a big play on every single level. Well, not this year. They're not playing that way. Correct. So there's so many things that they need to fix as a whole. It just doesn't fall on Brady. Mike, I heard a laundry list of things that need to be fixed. I didn't exactly hear a... Uh uh, a prognosis on how to fix it. Sure. Uh, a couple numbers. They are sixth in the NFL in passing, okay? Uh, no surprise. They are 22nd in total offense. Why? Because they are dead last rushing the ball, to Willie's point. Bucks must run. Can they? All evidence suggests that no, they can't. Must they? Absolutely. Will they? Do they have the bodies to do this? Do they have the bodies to fix I, what is broken? I, I still question it. Here, here's, here's the other thing I would tell you about those 64 yards. If it carries out this average the rest of the season, that is the lowest that in, in, by any team that they've averaged in a season in the Super Bowl era. So, like, there's some real struggles here. And I think Mooch actually brought up this point the other day. I don't know if it was on this podcast or we were just talking off air. He had said that the speed at which Tom is, is getting the ball out has less to do with scheme and, and what we anticipated and more to do with survival. He said the same thing about Aaron Rodgers. Those dudes, those quick releases and getting the ball out has more to do with them and an offensive line problem than, than anything else. Brady hosts Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, of course, on Thursday night. For more on those Thursday night quarterbacks, here's a guy who knows a thing or two about the subject, Hall of Famer Kurt Warner. Well, it's obviously no secret that the Tampa Bay Bucks offense is not clicking. They are not playing up to their standards. The most amazing thing for me is how much of this, I believe, is on Tom Brady. And we all understand there's a lot of stuff going on in his life. But what he's always been great at in the past has been able to compartmentalize football and everything else. When he gets between those lines, it's all about the main thing. But this year, when I watch the tape, uh, I'm seeing a lot of mistakes that are uncharacteristic of Tom Brady, things that you don't expect from him. So there are a lot of issues with this football team that go beyond Tom Brady. But to me, it has to start right there. And it just seems like everything that he's doing on the field is clouded and it is so uncharacteristic of the greatest of all time. 
And I'm also looking forward to uh, to seeing the counterpart on Thursday night in Lamar Jackson is that he's had some ups and downs and uh, at moments has looked like the MVP. I want to see him continue to settle in inside the pocket a little bit more. There's times where I feel like he's trying to do too much, trying to make that special play instead of just playing the game, seeing the game and getting the ball out on time. So he's had a really good season, but there's some areas for improvement for this Baltimore offense as well. Next topic is our next guest. Willie, you are about to interview Bills sack leader Von Miller. He actually leads the Bills in sacks, tackles for losses, and pressures. He has won a Super Bowl with the Broncos. He's won a Super Bowl with the Rams. And he has a real chance, Mike Am, I think you're nodding, to win another one with the Bills. Willie, quick question before the interview. Why is this guy a future Hall of Famer? Well, first of all, he's one of he's one of the guys that's came into the league that's led the league since he's been here in sacks and pressures and getting after the quarterback and just his skill set, man. He reminds me a lot of Derek Thomas. Mm. And when you look at what he's been able to do on a consistent basis, knowing that he's getting the slide protection, double teams, chips, and all those different things, and he still is coming away with big plays, regardless of what you do offensively to game plan against them, that means you're pretty special. The Bills have been anointed, were anointed at the beginning of the season and really the first few weeks of the season in spite of a couple setbacks as potentially, if not actually, the best team in the NFL. Would you be surprised if they prove that at the end of this season? Finally, for that Bills mafia, for that town, for that team, for that franchise, for that ownership base, four losses, they finally get a win in the big game. Would you be surprised if that happens? Oh, no, no. I mean, we've been saying this all season long. They're, they're one in total offense, one in total defense. I think the only other team that is in that conversation is probably Philly. Yep. That can argue that they are the best offensive and defensive team. I'd still lean towards the Eagles, uh, excuse me, towards the Bills at this point. And, and maybe Vaughn is that missing piece. I mean, Willie's got three Super Bowl rings that he never brings to work, so I haven't seen him <laughs> yet in person. But I would imagine there's this moment where things just change for you, and maybe this is the season that it happens in Buffalo. Okay, Willie, here you go. Grab the mic, take the stage. Von Miller is waiting. Let's welcome here 12-year veteran, two-time Super Bowl champ, all-pro sack master, Von Miller. Thanks for joining us, Von. Howdy, guys. Thanks for having me. Von, man, I, I've seen you get off to fast starts before, but you got six sacks. You're leading the team in pressures. Um, you, you balling out of control, man. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, we, we just play team ball. We got a great offensive unit, great special team unit. And in our defense, we just go out there and we do what we do. We take it one play at a time, and we just go out and play our game. It seemed like since you've got there, man, a lot of guys have elevated their games. This defense was good last year. And now um, you guys at the top of the league and points allowed. You guys are dominating up front. Guys are getting healthy on the back end. Um, how good can this defense really be? Because I saw what y'all did in Kansas City. You know, we uh, we never we don't really try to think about it. Man. You know, when you start thinking about you know these big these big dreams and these big aspirations, it's like drinking out of a fire hydrant. You know, we really just taking one play at a time. And you know, I've been preaching to these guys: don't blink um, in any situation that we're in, whether we're up, whether we're down. And um, I, I've been telling these guys, man, what separates good teams from other good teams is mindset. So we try to have a, a great mindset each and every day when we come to practice, and I think that overflows into the game. Absolutely, and that veteran le leadership and experience plays a big part because there's a lot of hype behind the Buffalo Bills. Everybody's talking Super Bowl. Every, I mean, it's before the season even started, and your quarterback, Josh Allen, is having, having an MVP um, caliber year. What is there to say about him and, and seeing the way he's elevated his game? Josh is a creature, man, and I've been around some great quarterbacks. You know, Matthew Stafford, Peyton Manning, um, played with some other talented quarterbacks as well. And 
you know, Josh is just, he's just different. I'm not, I'm not talking about, um, you know, physical ability and throwing the ball or anything like that. You know, he, he just has this, this easygoing personality, you know, um, you know, I've been around Peyton Manning, you know, he's like the sheriff, you know, and you got, uh, you got Matthew Stafford, you know, these guys are, you know, pretty serious. And, you know, Josh at, at all times, man, he, you know, he makes a joke out of everything, man. He doesn't take anything serious. And I, and I think it just trickles down on everybody else. You know, Coach McDermott has been traditionally, a, you know, a tough guy, a tough coach. And, you know, he, he eases up on us. And I think that's the Josh Allen effect. Yeah, he seems super comfortable out there, man. And he just seems like he keep, keeps getting better um, every single game. Speaking about great quarterbacks that you've played with, what about this one you're playing against Sunday night, Aaron Rodgers? Everything's not going super smooth, oh, but he is still dangerous, and his team is still dangerous. Yeah, man, you know, A-Rod is, is still A-Rod. Still super dangerous, just like you said. Um, and when these guys get clicking, you know, they'll be a traditional, you know, Green Bay team. You know, it's uh, – they're taking a, a little bit to jail, but, you know, I just don't see them being down for too much longer. They got a great quarterback. They're getting uh, Bakhtiari back, one of the best left tackles in, in our in our league. Um, defense is still fire with Sean Gary and, and, and Preston on the other side, man. And, you know, they, they got a tough team, and there are no easy games in the NFL. I've been playing the game for, you know, 12 years now. Right. There are no easy games, and we got to have the right mindset going to this game to pull it off. I know you've been playing long enough not to read the headlines, but Aaron Rodgers did come out and say getting exposed um, by you guys um, could be a good thing for the pack. But you're not buying that, right? You know that's just mind tricks to get you guys to come out and kind of slow it down. Yeah, I, you know, I, <laughs> I don't fall into I don't fall into that too much, you know. <laughs> you know, we still gonna play our game, man. We still gonna play our game. They got Aaron Rodgers over there, you know, and they and sometimes they like to throw that, that Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame tag around a lot. Aaron Rodgers is the definition of Hall of Fame. Just right. like the last quarterback we played with Patrick Mahomes. Right? You cannot let your guard down on these guys. You cannot blink. we got to continue to do what we do and just take it one play at a time. All right, I want you to stay with me here. I know you did a big contract going to Buffalo and some of the things, incentives, all those different things, but was um, lead team recruiter part of the job description? Because I heard you've been kind of reaching out to OBJ, trying to get him to come in and join the party. Yeah, you know... Um, it didn't start off like that. You know, when I got here, you know, we had already been, you know, stacked from the wide receiver side, you know, with Isaiah McKenzie, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis. And, um, you know, we had we had Jameson Crowder and, you know, a couple of injuries here. And then now you now you can use a wide receiver. So it just kind of happened. Um, you know, I want the best for OBJ. I'm not just, you know, recruiting him over here because he's my guy and I want him to be here. We have a great um, culture over here. We've got a great organization. Um, we're doing something special. And, um, you know, as much as I want him to be over here with us and I want him to be a part of this, I want him to do what's best for him, for sure. Yeah, but if he's over there with y'all, you're talking about stacking it up, man. Man, the rich getting richer. Hey, Vaughn, I appreciate you coming on. Um, thanks for hanging out with us, and good luck against Green Bay. Hey, Willie, like always, man, I appreciate you guys for having me, man, and you guys be good, man. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I am here with Willie McGinnis and Mikey M. And the next order of business is to make them both wait. While we hand the mic back to Kurt Warner for an examination of a trio of NFC East quarterbacks, Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, and Jalen Hurts. Whether your quarterback has to be the guy that throws 40 times a game or not, you need good quarterback play. And the one undefeated team that we have in the league is getting great quarterback play from its young quarterback in Jalen Hurts. And, you know, it's not always conventional. It's not just drop back and throw the ball from the pocket 35 times. It's play to his strengths. A lot of RPOs, a lot of movement. Uh, He creates a lot of plays off schedule and he's getting better inside the pocket. You couple that with a strong defense, a strong running game. Uh, That's what leads to success in this league, and Jalen Hurts is playing at an extremely high level. Another team that's obviously playing really well is the Dallas Cowboys, and it hasn't always been about the quarterback play. Well documented that Dak got hurt, and Cooper Rush did a nice job when he was in there, and then Dak reinserted last week, and he didn't necessarily look like the Dak that we all had hoped. There wasn't uh, a lot of balls thrown down the field. They weren't attacking and putting up 40 points, but You know, we kind of expected this. There was going to be some rust, especially when you're talking about an injury to your right hand. We did see some moments, and that's what I was hoping to see. A couple of those special Dak plays that say, we're better off with this guy behind center. But it's going to take a little bit of time for them to find their rhythm and really find uh, the way that they want to play football now that Dak is back behind center and be able to balance what worked so well early in the season, but also the strong skill set of Dak Prescott. And then the last team, maybe the biggest surprise team in the league with where they sit from a record standpoint is New York Giants and Daniel Jones. And again, Daniel Jones is not lighting the world on fire. He's not out there throwing for 300 yards a game, but they're playing within his skill set. A big part of that is using his legs, a lot of designed runs, some RPOs in their game. Get him out in space. Some play action. Saquon Barkley is living up to the billing this year. The offensive line is playing well. So the play action allowing the game to be easier for Daniel Jones. But more importantly, he is making the plays when he needs to make the plays, and he's not making the mistakes. That has been his big Achilles heel uh, through the course of the early part of his career has been those turnovers that have hurt this team over and over again. This year, they are winning close games down the stretch, and a big part of that is Daniel Jones is not making those mistakes. Sitting here with Willie McGinnis and Mike Yam. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. I am NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy. And if you look at the week eight schedule, I want you to finish this sentence. I wouldn't be surprised if I'm going to pick a couple of games. Let's do it. Arizona at Minnesota. I wouldn't be surprised if Cardinals and Vikings, Kyler Murray and Kirk Cousins. Arizona. D-Hop and Jalen and Arizona gains momentum and goes in and beats the Minnesota. Listen up, Cards fans. Listen up, you desert dwellers. There may be hope (laughs) in your future. Willie McGinnis wouldn't be surprised. Miami Dolphins on the road at Detroit Lions. You thought I was going to pick a different game. I wouldn't be surprised if. The Lions win. Really? Wait, no, we, I've got to come up with something, right, on the fly. No, I, let's let's roll with them for, for this reason. It has been so bad. We've all bought into the hype. Tua and company, by the way, look good. I mean, it was, it was nice to see him back on the football field and that offense rolling here. They have had so many struggles. All of those dudes have heard nothing about how anemic that defense has been. I'm talking about Detroit here. Yes. The fact that their offense didn't look good yes. um, last week. Like, there are some real problems here. So wh- why not just be counterintuitive? Because here's the other thing I will say. There was no evidence. I texted you Monday yes, you night. Yes, I was so did. pissed off. 
There is no evidence that Chicago, averaging 15 points per game, would, would drop 30 33 yep. on the road in a place that they've never won. So why not? Let's just roll with it. Uh, the, the Miami Dolphins are captivating, but I don't find them convincing. I would not be surprised yeah. if Mike Yam is right. The last game, actually two more. First one, we all know Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. Well, guess what? Kyle Shanahan owns Sean McVay. Mm. Willie McGinnis, Niners at Rams across the street oh, at SoFi Stadium Sunday afternoon. I wouldn't be surprised if. The same thing happens once again. <laughs> Sorry, Sean McVay. <laughs> <laughs> Cover your ears, 49ers bud. 49ers go in and, and win. And, 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 and I'm only saying this because they're coming off a, an extremely bad loss to Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah. And they lost on both sides of the ball. They got, like, pushed around everywhere. And if I know Kyle Shanahan and his coaching staff and what they're doing, they're getting these guys ready to go. And they had guys, about four to five guys, come off injury and play that game. So the Rams, I think, is still struggling to a sense. They're still trying to find who they are offensively. Their identity's kind of all over the place. They don't have a run game. The play action is not there. The O-line is struggling. The defense can only hang on because of what's going on on the other side of the ball. So they haven't been able to, to, to play at a certain level. So I'm saying the Rams aren't where they want to be, but just a week ago we was talking about the 49ers yes. going to win a division yes. and be in the playoffs yes. and everything else. I think they bounce back more than I think the Rams Christian will. McCaffrey had 10 touches in his first game in uh, red and gold. Don't be surprised, of course, if that number goes up. Uh, he's a dangerous piece in the hands of Kyle Shanahan. Last game, it's the TA game of the week. It's the last game of Sunday. It's the Sunday night game in Buffalo. We hinted at it earlier. Packers, Bills. Mike Yam, you wouldn't be surprised if? Keep it really succinct for you that it is a absolute beatdown that the Bills put on the Packers. And I'll Ooh. give you a bonus one as well. Cincinnati is going to have three wide receivers at some point this season with 100 yards receiving a piece, which you don't get to say that often. Uh, is that a that tease to the Monday night game, to the uh, yeah. Bengals at Browns Monday night? I, yeah, I was going in that Mike direction. Mike would so. be a little surprised bonus if there are three, count them, three 100-yard receivers for Cool Joe Burrow Monday night in Cleveland. Mm. We'll check him on that. Denzel Ward is listening. I want to thank today's special guest, <laughs> Willie McGinnis and Mike Yam. Join us tomorrow for another very special guest, the captain, the NFL Network Chief National Reporter Steve Weich, on how NFL defenses are catching up to NFL offenses and what the ripple effect of that may be in the future. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.